0: Congratulations to the following brokers Ameriteam Realty, Dunes Properties, Impact Real Estate, Long and Foster. Yeah, that's a big one. 11,000 agents. Plum Tree Realty, Real Estate Professionals, Realty Ohio, Remax Advantage, Remax Essential, and Agent Strong all have taken action and negotiated steep discounts on rebus university's award-winning courses for all of their agents if you want unpublished pricing for all of your agents like these brokers have done go to hybendigital.com backslash teams or simply pick up the phone and text or call katherine brower at 843-749-9900 And now for the review of the day, Christopher Cassidy was in the Real Estate Rockstars Facebook group, and he says, very informative, and the guests are awesome. I would highly recommend this podcast. Thank you, Christopher. Five stars. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast, so give me a one-star review if you want, or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, we have a great guest today. Got Mr. John uh, Newman on the line. And. John is doing some neat stuff with millennials, not specifically millennial buyers and sellers, although that is part of the biz but millennial agents no one on his team is over twenty six years old, and uh it is not because he wants to have a little fraternity sorority party every night with the, with these guys but it's be it's a a very specific and very uh intent way of doing things. So we're going to dig deep into that and learn all about John and how he's making big bucks. So, John, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Pat. Thanks for having me, bud. Hey, John, why don't you give everybody a little rundown on yourself so they can get to know you better?
1: So I'm 45 years old. I've been in real estate since 2003. Prior to real estate, I was a stockbroker at Merrill Lynch, uh, but didn't like my job there. So, and all of my clients at Merrill Lynch said they made the big bucks in real estate. So, it seemed like a no-brainer to me
2: <laughs> um,
1: and have failed a lot. You know, I got into real estate purely as an investor, uh, made a lot of money from 03 to 07, and then pretty much lost almost everything in that crash. So in 2007, and I didn't have my real estate license from 03 to 07, um, but in 2007- You were just an investor or was it- an stock- flipping, flipping houses. Nope. Flipping house. You were a house flipper okay yep Uh, so i left merrill lynch and got right into flipping houses and from 03 to 07 we did somewhere between 70 and 80 properties so we were doing a relatively large amount um when the market shifted i had 20 20 to 25 properties under renovation and then the market shifted and i had never been through a shift before i had no idea what that was but it wasn't it wasn't fun um so I went from being worth several million in 2007 to being on the verge of bank- bankruptcy in 2008. It happened that quickly.
0: Mm, wow!
1: And then decided, ah, what am I going to do now? I guess I'll get my real estate license, so, And sell, then yeah. sell houses. Instead yeah. of
0: trying to make twenty percent a deal, make uh, you know a couple of percents a deal. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but do more of them. So uh, take take me to today. Where where like how many houses did you sell last year?
1: Uh, we did about 147 units last year. Uh, about forty-seven million dollars in volume, about seven hundred thousand in GCI.
0: Sweet. And uh, what's your net profit on that seven hundred?
1: Uh, we run a so I have seventeen agents and one admin. We want to I mean,
0: one seven, 17 agents.
1: Seventeen agents, one admin.
0: Wow. Okay. So uh,
1: and, and we uh, don't spend any money on Zillow, Trulia, Red. I mean, no internet. Don't buy leads. We don't buy leads. We do do social media advertising all right through Facebook, but we don't pay for any lead aggregate. So,
0: so what do you do so i I run the team um you so you're, you're like team. a team leader basically of seventeen people yep you do you, you don't work buyers and sellers i I work sellers I do not work buyers okay
1: so i'm I'm the team leader and I'm also the lead listing agent
0: okay all right fascinating and What, uh, so tell me about like, so what's your profit on that? Is most of your profit, do you think, coming from your business? If you took out your business, would there be a profit line?
1: That's a great question. And the answer is we would barely make any profit if it wasn't for
0: myself. Okay. Okay and so what's your vision with that like where do you where you know is your vision and i had this conversation with somebody recently like um, but i'm just curious is your vision that at, at a certain point at a certain number of agents and it's good for people listening to know that uh you'll hit some critical mass and you'll start making profit you know what all, all otherwise it's all for not you know
1: yeah so here's and here's where it's interesting for me and i'm a little bit different pat um Like, I really judge myself on an impact to the people around me, not by the the dollars in my bank account. I may not be actually the best business person, to be completely honest with you, Pat. But when I pass away, I'm going to have a pretty big freaking funeral. Um, And when I got, I didn't intentionally start, it, it wasn't like a thought, and this is going back three years now. Three years ago, I had a traditional real estate team. Average age was probably 37 years old. And I spoke at Towson University to just a group of college kids. And in that moment, I was like, oh, my gosh, like the energy that I had from speaking to those college kids and we end up speaking and then we went out and grabbed a bite to eat and I didn't get home until 12 o'clock. And I remember saying to my wife, I know what I want to do with the rest of my life and I don't care if I get paid. It was like one of those like, oh, my gosh, moments in my life. And I've been on this mission to just impact young adults. I'm on the board of KWKC. And, but here's the, okay, the so challenge. There. What's KWKC? Uh, Keller Williams Kids Can.
0: Keller, and what is it?
1: it it's a nonprofit does, that uh, Gary Keller had a vision for to basically impact, educate, and um, give back to the next generation of young adults. And, and how are you guys doing that? So we teach classes or workshops called QL. And QL is a, for those that aren't familiar, Gary Keller had a course called Quantum Leap, where he basically took that course and then broke it down to a, a younger demographic. So we teach these courses on QL, which is mindset, six personal perspectives, financial literacy, to 16 to 24-year-olds. And I think in the last 12 months, we've impacted about 130 young adults,
0: and um, so you guys are teaching them basics on business, right? Like, like, like how to balance a checkbook, um, how to how to analyze a real estate deal, whether the cash on cash is good enough to make a purchase, things like that. Or give me some specifics, like yeah, what, do you, what are you teaching out? a kid, you know, that's um, not already taught in a school or a private school or even a military school. You know what I mean? Look at it like that. Like, uh, what what are you teaching them from a business perspective? So. And I have three kids
1: myself. Most schools teach um, tactical information. What we're teaching is a lot of mindset. So the first chapter is all about mindset. How do you have a positive mindset? How do you develop a mission statement for your life? Who are you as an individual? Who do you hope to become? The way I look at it is, what does your autobiography look like? Mm. And how are you going to put the process together to live that autobiography? Nice. And then we get into... Planning, basically, planning, dreaming yeah. and planning. You got it, and then financial literacy. Financial literacy, and what uh, define financial literacy? Uh, something as simple. You'll be amazed. I, I work with. Yeah, a, I mean, a,
0: define it like from a kid that graduated from your class, and it's just a kid that graduated from public education of two years community college and high school. You know what I mean? Like, how are they different?
1: So here's what, what I'm seeing right now. There, and I'm a graduate of University of Maryland. I meet with a lot of children or young adults that are graduating and they don't know how to balance a checkbook. They don't know what a a P and L statement is. They don't know how to open a bank account. Some of them. So some of the basic financial, they don't know the time value of money and how the game of money and how money actually works. So that information isn't being taught in school, Mm. which blows my, in, in, in many schools, there are some that are out there. I'm sure it is, but in most schools, business planning goal setting, financial literacy is not being taught. So,
0: so okay so I here help you them
1: open up bank accounts, Pat. I mean, literally take twenty two year old, you know, men that have never opened a bank account before.
0: It's crazy. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool Well, I know I believe it. I believe it. I mean, I got kids too and and my daughters, you know, they they have bank accounts. I I don't know if they balance them. You know, I don't know if they're paying attention to, you know, whether some bogus check just ran through there or not for $27. You know what I mean? I can't tell you that they would see that. So it's it's interesting. So so Labor Love, you got 17 people. They're yes. all millennials, right? They're all they're all in their low 20s. Which has
1: challenges. (laughs) (laughs) There are some challenges to that, and you asked about okay, what's the plan? How do you turn this, make this profit? Yeah, how do you
0: take these seventeen people? I mean, what's success? I know success to you. You're probably thinking, okay, I got seventeen people. Obviously, you don't want to lose money on the deal, right? You know, you don't want to, and you'd love to make money because it is fun. I mean, I had a big team at one time. It it is a blast. Work is a lot funner to come to when you got a lot of young people playing games and, and doing cool stuff and, you know, you try to make your real estate office like an advertising office or something, you know, where it's, you know, a lot of high eye activity and energy going around. But at the same time, it's a lot more funner <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're making some money and yeah. a significant amount of money on it. I mean, that's the key, right? Where you have fun and you can make, make a lot of money. You know, that would be, that's the double whammy.
1: And that's and that's kind of the the failing forward that we've done so far, Pat. It's like okay, we figured out a way that we can attract people to the organization. That first we cross that path, and we do that through a lot of the events that we throw. So, like tonight, I'm speaking at Towson University. So, my bench of people that want to potentially join is anywhere between thirty and fifty people deep. So then the next challenge that we have—wait,
0: wait, what does that mean? My bench.
1: So there's. We are at a stage now where we turn away people that want to join our team. So like a lot of market centers or brokerages, are their biggest challenge is attracting people to the organization. Why,
0: why are you turning people away?
1: Um, because we're looking for specific people. This was part of our failing forward. We needed to put specific standards in place and have a specific way that we do business in a training program, and they have to adhere to that way or else. They're not a fit for our organization. Yeah, so they got
0: a great. Started. Ad-
1: it was in, it was anybody. Okay, you're 18 years old. You want to join the team? Cool, let's do
0: it. You want to be a real estate agent, but now now you're much more structured. Where like, you know, this is a job. You got to show up at this time. You know, exactly. you got to do this during the day, and you, you're not going to get paid. Right. <laughs> and right. uh, if you know, unless you produce, and if you can't do that, then you know, on to the next.
1: Yeah. So That's phase one for that. us was you know, we're building an organization that will track the individuals. Phase two was, okay, figuring out our training program and training methodologies and the standards at which we need to get these people into production as quickly as possible. The last 12 months, we spent a lot of time putting together this training standards, the metrics, and, and what the roles are and what their jobs look like. And then so, the way that I look at it, it, this was a long-term game. I wasn't expecting that, okay, you're going to hire a 22-year-old that's brand new to the business, and in 12 months, they're all of a sudden going to be a superstar. Yes, we have some of those, but that's not the norm. This, for me, was a long-term game because I understand the demographics of our country and the demographics of our industry. So for me, it was like a three- to five-year business plan. And so
0: we, how, how, Yeah, you know, how are you going to make sure? Because here's what I see, just with – With you know almost 700 interviews here on the real estate rock stars and other people I've talked to about this, and this is something I'm sure you've thought about. I'm curious what you're actually doing about it, right? There's a lot of teams like yours that are starting out, right? Hiring a lot of young people and uh, getting them started, and then having difficulty at about year 2 because they're all breaking camp and going out on their own and using everything you've taught them which may be okay with you you may be fine with that because that might be your legacy like you'll always be their mentor but maybe it's not from from a personal standpoint or a business standpoint will basically leave it and you know just rolling out on their own and and uh, getting a much higher split and uh you know, starting a team themselves or being a solo agent themselves? What are you you doing for retention and to make sure that doesn't happen?
1: So that's a great question, Pat. And what we've done is I would say probably 80% of the conversations that we have in my office are not necessarily real estate related. The agents that we have on the team, I'm not their team leader. I'm their big brother. I'm their father. Like our conversations are about how do you raise kids? Our conversations are about I'm having an argument with my spouse. How did, Mm. I've been married for 19 years. Our relationship and the culture that we have within the organization is real estate is just a small piece of your life's puzzle. And real estate is the vehicle for you to achieve your life's mission. So we spend a lot of time getting very, very involved in who they are as individuals and people and what their life's mission is. And then how does our organization apply to that? So the way that I look at it is, we're not making them great real estate agents. We're making them great fathers. We're making them great husbands. We're making them great brothers. We're making them great spouses. So and you're almost much,
0: you're, you're creating estate. a debt. You're creating a debt in the equation where you're giving, giving, giving. You're even giving profit, right? You're giving, oh, yeah. you're giving them everything. And then eventually the universe will have to repay that debt, right, just through natural laws and uh, through loyalty. 100%. And, and I get that. I get that.
1: I mean, many members of my team would come on the show and tell you that they would take a bullet for me. Like, it's that, it's at that level of commitment. And we've built really a tribe. And, and that's what's really cool. Now, how that scales, that's going to be the next step, Pat, that I haven't figured out yet. <laughs> how, how do we scale that <laughs> I No, mean, they'll,
0: they'll understand. I mean, that, uh, I mean, it's just growing pains, right? When a, when a plane is taken off, that's where you experience the most turbulence. So th- this is where the fun happens now, right? Where you're like, okay, we're, we're you know, we're growing. We're going to hit 30 agents. You know, how can we do it? And, and, and there's some tweaks that you can eventually make, you know, that I've seen people make that help you significantly in this. And that, I mean, I mean, it's as simple as, uh, you know, raising your tra- transaction fee a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's $1,700 a month right there. If you got 30 agents, that's three grand a month, right? So at least, you, you know, you, you get it a little bit, you raise it 200 bucks. I mean, that's how a lot of Remax offices do it. You know, they, um, the, you know, charge transaction fees of, you know, 600 and get 400 from the agent. So, or, or and a lot of these brokerages now that are, um, that don't get any profit at all because they're flat fee companies. That's how they do it with the transaction fees. Another thing is, you know, mortgage and title. Mm-hmm. You can tap into that and, it, you know, it could all go to you. So, anyways, there's, there's a lot of different ways of so things you could think about. But uh, all right, so let's talk about some nitty gritty. we 147 transactions? Wh- what percentage listings? What percent is buyers?
1: So, out of that 140 plus, 110 of them were listings.
0: Now, okay. So, so seventy uh, percent listings, I guess. So this is great, okay? Because a lot of teams, like yours, or young teams nowadays are way opposite. They're like 80 buyers, 20 listings. Mm -hmm. Scared to death of listings, right? Mm -hmm. Going into this business thinking, this is how I do it. I become addicted to Zillow from day one, you know what I mean? And that's the new way of the world. So how are you Scratching a record like this, because t- truth be told, this your your way is a way to do it, right? Very few people come on say seventy thirty. So, uh, you know, on the listing end. So, how do you do that? So it's it's all in, our – and
1: and this took us a while to figure out, Pat. Trust me, I played the whole buyer lead game for a while, and then the return on investment on that business is just it, it didn't make
0: sense. To me. So it's negative. Yeah, for, it was, for it was the majority of. You know, the people on Zillow, it's like negative 0.6% or something like that. Like, like, uh, Sam Monreal came on and owns a company called Rockerbox. All they do is sift through Zillow leads, and the industry average is in the negative, meaning you spend a thousand, you don't make anything, you you lose $0. six cents or something, or six dollars or something. So it's in the negative.
1: Yeah. And I'm all for charity, I just, not Zillow. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so it, it our standards are now when someone joins the organization, the first month, it is all we talk about is listings. So you, your first week, you're circle prospecting. Your second week, you're working on expires and FSBOs. Your third week, we're going into just listed, just sold. Our whole, and then you're making a minimum of $500 a day. So we just immerse you into this. 500 is what a day? Calls. Five, $500 a day. Yeah, that's Dials. $500 a day.
0: Yeah. So how many, how many people do they have to talk
1: to? So that's going to equate to, we have a, about a 9% contact rate. So that's going to be about 45 mm-hmm. contacts a day.
0: And, and Okay, so give us some meat and potatoes. What are you using to dial? Uh, Mojo. Names? Mojo, and does Mojo, Mojo provide the names and phone numbers to call? Uh,
1: we use uh, coal Realty uh, nice. to, pull, to pull data, and then we plug that into Mojo.
0: Now, does coal have cell phones? Yes, it does. Wow. Wow. Okay, cool.
1: So that, right. It just becomes the standard. That's, that's all they know. They only know when they get into the business, this is how it's done.
0: This is a, your, listings are the name of the game. This is We're doing listings and buyers are a byproduct of listings. And that's exactly. it. And that's your business. That's your business model. This is John Newman team. If you want to be part of this awesome you know, thing that's taken off here, uh, if you want to get on the rocket ship, you're a listing agent first and foremost. 100% correct. And now a word from Rockstar agent and Rebus University graduate, Mr. Jeff Quinton.
2: Hello, my name is Jeff Quinton and uh, from Keller Williams, the Quinton Group. I service all of Southern New Jersey and our expansion team is in the Philadelphia, greater Philadelphia area. And just wanted to give a shout out to, uh, to Rebus University, Pat Hyman, and his crew. My team, what we've implemented uh, right now is through our onboarding process, we have a, a learning management system called Learning Zen. Inside Learning Zen, uh, in the very first 14 days when someone comes on our team, they have to go through and learn all the sales skills and sales training. And part of that is we require everybody to go through the Rebus University Certified Listing Agent uh, course. And at the end of that, they've got to prove and kind to come out and show us your certificate before they even get on the phone, before they even meet with a client, before they go out on any listing presentation. So um, what's interesting is that uh, through this, uh, this course, it's allowed me to leverage my time versus what it used to be where I'd have to show them all of the listing presentations, spend time each individual, you know, for 20 minutes at a time or 30 minutes at a time. So now I can leverage it through the certified listing agent course and, uh, and then go back and role play with them what they've learned so what i've learned right now is that when an agent goes through this course they feel confident and that's the key is the confidence is so built because they've been able to see someone else do it and then they practice it and what's interesting is i've had so many agents in fact i've had over 20 agents go through this course and become certified and a major portion of them go out on listing deployments when they're competing with another top agent and they actually win the listing on the first try the skills the techniques the dialogues everything that they get from this course, it's pretty incredible. If you
0: want the same amount of listings and the same extremely high close ratio that Jeff Quinton's agents get, just type in the coupon code CLA50 on rebusuniversity.com. That's R-E-B-U-S university.com for, get this, 50% off the Certified Listing Agent course. That's CLA50, you won't regret it.
1: And then they have to do two open houses um, in that first 30 days. And what, the, what we found is, is they're going to pick up the buyers as a result of making the phone calls for the listings. Right. We don't, to to that. Yeah. we don't have to sift through a 1,000 people to find, you know.
0: And guess buyers. what? They're better buyers too, you know, because right? they're, they're not like, you know, any, anybody online that you're picking up, they're probably already in six other agents' drip campaigns, you know? You meet them at an open house or you meet them to show them a house because they called on one of your listings. And the connection right there you're so much farther down the road, so much closer to having them as buyers. So they're much better quality than a paid lead.
1: Yeah. Now, the challenge, Pat, is, once again, it's the mindset of a 22-year-old That's going on. You know, listings are more difficult. You know, a a client, what we're finding today is that when I first got into the business as an agent in 2007, people didn't interview multiple agents as much. I'm seeing that happen more and more often. So you have to be good at your game today or better today, in my opinion, than you had to be in 2007. We're now competing against the biggest teams in the country or right here in our area. I mean... You guys, Bob, Craig, I mean they're all right here. That's our competition and
0: so our guys have so to this held. this is a great question, right? Cuz people are going to learn from this question, okay? How is a 22-year-old beating a large team in the area, right? With a with a with a woman or man that's been in the business 20 years and going on the appointment themselves.
1: What's the strategy here? So the good news is is that you know some of these um, larger teams that are in our area. They're not the ones that are typically going on the listing appointments. So, so that's, you, you use that to your advantage. We okay. use that to our advantage. Number two, know your numbers, know the market. So each of our, our our new hires, they have to pick out a strategic location. So let's just say that you're familiar with it, Columbia, and mm-hmm. they have to know that market inside and out.
0: Or a zip code or, or something.
1: Or a zip code. And that. And how, includes, how do they know that? How
0: do they know that zip code? Uh,
1: through data. So you'll go back the last you know, nine months. How many houses have sold? How many houses are on the market? What's the average sales price? What type of houses are in that neighborhood? Truly become the local market expert. And even myself, when I lose a listing, it's usually because there's someone else that is the local market expert. So we want them from day one To be thinking, not only am I focusing on listings, but I want to dominate a farm area. But instead of traditional farming where we're sending out direct mail and postcards and spending a lot of money, we're trying to lead with revenue and just make massive amounts of phone calls.
0: Yeah. So uh, I hear what you're saying, and and it's specifics versus generality. Mm -hmm. And specifics versus generality means, like if you're going on that listing appointment, you take uh, every house that the John Newman team sold in that area or in that zip code or even in life and you spread it out like Rachel Adams does in our certified listing agent course, right? She spreads out every house she's ever sold in her life on eight and a half by 11 pages uh, in the peripheral vision. Doesn't even talk about them, but just has this long list in like a rainbow over top of, of the kitchen table uh, just showing a- and with the word sold across them. And they have specifics, and other specifics are time on the market, right? Mm. List price to sale price ratio, a brochure of a house within a couple of blocks that you sold. Specifics beat generalities because what happens with these big teams, right? And I can say this because I've run big teams and whatever. The big teams tend to go on egotistical generalities, i.e., I'm the number one agent in the world, I'm the number one you know, Keller Williams agent in Maryland. I'm the number one REMAX agent in the East Coast, whatever. So it's a generality, right? What does that mean? Specifics would mean, well, here's that number one REMAX agent's list price to sales price ratio. And and you could see, uh, you know, with their team, it's 92% and mine's 102 or whatever. You know, that specifics, what they're selling is generality. It's exactly how Donald Trump won the election. I don't mean to get political, but, You know, a lot of people had a lot of general things to say, oh, he doesn't like Hispanics. He doesn't like gays, you know, very general things. Um, And then he would take, uh, you know, Hispanic person and and put Hispanics for Trump and gays for Trump, women for Trump and uh, put them right behind him when he spoke. So he's fighting specifics with generalities. And I think that's the same way a 22-year-old, 25-year-old who doesn't have much to go on, you know, beats a mega agent is they go with specifics. One of the best specifics is um, uh, here, give me your cell phone and uh, put in a cell phone and then call them. Hey, save my number. Here's my contact card. And you send it over. If they have an iPhone, you just send them the contact Double click on it and uh, save it in your phone. Okay, I promise you, I'll pick it up on the first ring every time you call during the whole present during the whole transaction. And if I don't, I'll take a thousand dollars off the commission every time I don't pick it up on the first ring. I mean, that's that is a specific, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you beat that's how you beat them, John. That's how you beat them. So, anyways, what what, what else are you training them um, on that's making them successful? Let's take your most successful one out of the 17 agents, what are they doing differently uh, than the other 16? Uh, They work harder.
1: (laughs) You know, and I don't mean to be just like, so, you know, vague about it, but the truth of the matter is I still not because I necessarily have to, but a, I love what I do. I still work 60 to 70 hours a week. I, I outwork. I may not be smarter than most people, but I will outwork most people. And, If I look at successful agents, and this is just from what I see, most of them work really hard. So the ones that are outperforming the other ones, it's not because they're necessarily smarter. It's because they usually just put in more time and they outwork everybody else. My team, and and we have a large market center here, but this place is empty after about five o'clock. At five o'clock, we're throwing a happy hour and we're getting ready to bang the phones. Like we're just getting started at five o'clock here in the office and we just try and outwork most people. And if you do that every day for enough time, success is probably going to be inevitable for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, so true, right? So true. So here's a great question. I know you've got this, uh, you got your own podcast now, right? What, what's your podcast called?
1: It's called uh, the Realist Agents Podcast. So R-E-A-L-E-S-T,
0: Agents Podcast. And, and what's the concept behind it?
1: it's all the stuff that HGTV doesn't tell you about real estate. So, you know, we, we have a fascinating industry. Like I, I jokingly tell people I'm part marriage counselor, part financial advisor. I'm a, you know, we incorporate so many different skills in our business. We see some crazy things in this business. So this podcast is about what real estate is really, really like, like peel, let's open the curtains and peel back, you know, this, veil of what people think real estate is like and let's show the consumers and people out there what it's really like
0: so one of the things we were talking before you got here was just like weird stories what, what would you say the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you or the weirdest thing that you've seen in a house
1: all right um, so so this just happened to this week just happened two days ago Oh my goodness one of our agents um was talking to a client of theirs and the client and it's a millennial thing, I think, but uh, a lot of <laughs> them put their phones on speaker when they talk to people,
0: so oh my God, and it's so obnoxious. What is up with that? It is it is, I but can you hear, hear some interesting in the background, you can hear other people talking, and you're like, "Are you paying attention
1: <laughs> it, it, But you hear some interesting stories when they do that <laughs> so so this um this lady client calls my agent, and he has her on speaker and She asked him, you know, do you do this full-time? And he says, yes, I do. And she says, well, would you be interested in some part-time work? And he said, well, not really, but what do you have? And she said, well, my daughter's getting married, and we're throwing a bachelorette party, and I think you'd make a great stripper. So she told him that she'd pay him 700 bucks to facilitate this bachelorette party. And so... You know, not only is he a real estate agent, but now did he take her up on it? No, no,
0: no, he didn't. But I I said I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, crazy. I mean, I mean, who does that, right? Like, why? Why would you say that? Like, you could just Google male strippers. You know, uh, you know, know, professional. It's it's like, but we all, every agent out
1: there, has some sort of crazy story or a house that. You know, we've walked, we've gone to show a house and there's something happening in the house, you know, well, and we're there to show it. I mean, I, I know I've walked in on people that were, came to their door, like not necessarily clothed all the way.
0: Oh yeah, nudists. I've I've had people tell me they've they've had listing appointments with nudists and they, they wanted them to be naked uh, during the signing of the listing paperwork. Oh my gosh.
1: I think that's the craziest one I've heard yet, Pat.
0: Yeah, no, true story. The guy, the guy said he came and he was uncomfortable the first time. It was expired, and um, the guy didn't relist it with him because he wouldn't take his clothes off. And he said he was, you know, he had a thing against nudists. Uh, you know, not the the guy accused him of being whatever you would call that a nudist racist or a nudist <laughs> sexist. I don't know what you call it, an anti nudist, and um. So he's like, okay, didn't get the listing, and then it expired again, and he almost didn't call it, and he called it, and the guy said, "I'll give it to you if you will respect our culture, and do it in the nude." And um, was it well, a big listing about it? And and yeah, I mean, he, you know, he worked out the price, and he said, "All right, I'll do it." and He just went in, he held his breath, got buck naked, got the listing paperwork signed. <laughs> <laughs> he rolled out and sold and he got his commission, but you know, it definitely took a year or so for him to get through that in his brain. So uh, so yeah there's there's some crazy stuff out there. I mean
1: That's an interesting poll, Pat. I don't know if you have the ability to do it, but I'd be curious to know would someone do that? Like, you know you know at what would list you do, do it. On? And then
0: of course they're gonna say, well
1: what's wait, the listing price?
0: fifty thousand dollar condo or is it a million dollar house, right? Right. Right. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, we're going to have fun with it. It's supposed to be just uh you know, it's informational, but it's going to be funny as well. That's the idea.
0: Yeah. Fascinating. And I mean and just I'll never forget the uh time one of the funniest ones I've had um we had a listing and it was getting a lot of showings and someone did a large number 2 in one of the bathrooms, and the owner and didn't—I don't know if they clogged the toilet, they didn't flush. I don't know. I didn't see pictures, nothing. So all I know, all I remember, is a guy called livid, rightfully so. I understand, livid. Like he was screaming bloody murder. Like like veins were popping out of his head. Like you know, he was so mad, and he left a message on a recorder that he wanted someone from the team to immediately come over and plunge his toilet. Mm-hmm. and uh, we got it the next morning and we're like holy dirt what do we do and this was when i had a team of about 50 people and we played it on speaker over and over again huddling it making jokes about who's going to go over there who's going to go over there and we we eventually we didn't do anything we just kind of ignored it <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> And uh, we never heard from him. You know, I guess he flushed it and whatever. I don't know if he fired us after that or we sold it. I can't remember, but uh, we really like never addressed it. He may have called or his wife may have called the next day or something, but we saved it (laughs) for like a year. And then in times of where we wanted some jest uh, or folly in the office meeting, we'd play it and we'd be like, oh my God. And and
1: Pat, you could probably go on for as an investor in the real estate industry, you could probably go on for hours and just tell story after
0: story after story. And yeah.
1: I think that's one of the coolest things about our
0: profession. Yeah. There's another podcast and she's been on, I think it's uh, Lee Brown has it crazy shit and crazy shit that happens in real estate, something like that. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's great. I've been on her show. She's been on this show anyways john uh this has been great buddy hey listen everybody that comes on the show brings a free gift mm-hmm. and uh what we do with that gift is i'm going to put it right on hybendigital.com backslash john newman now it's n-e-w-m-a-n that's n-e-w like a he's a new man right? there you he's go a millennial. he's a 45 year old millennial and uh he uh john newman and uh We'll put it there. In addition to that, we're going to put it on hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. Uh, or you could get the entire toolbox, which is items of utility that people have brought when they come on the show for free uh, by simply by texting the word toolbox to 444-999. Tons of meat and potatoes and usable items in this uh, toolbox. So what do you got for the toolbox today, John?
1: So – and. and- If it's, I'm not sure how much time we have, Pat, but I I wanted to give a little background for what I've given to the audience is something called, it's called the Your Life Document. Mm, And to give some background on this, in 2009, so I'm basically on the verge of bankruptcy. I have my real estate license. In my first year in real estate, I did did fairly well. I think I did about $7 million in sales. Uh, My second year in real estate, which was 2008. I did about seven to eight as well, but I was financially, you know, strapped. Um, So I was actually painting on the side. Like I was real estate agent by day and I worked for a painting company in the nights and weekends just to try and make ends meet. And I was at this place in my life where I was like, okay, I have a college degree. I worked for Merrill Lynch And now I'm painting and I came into the, and I've read a lot of motivational books and huge fan of Tony Robbins. Uh, And I came into the office and spent eight hours kind of documenting who I am. What do I want out of my life? And I created this document. It's called the Your Life Template. And it goes deep. It's not, it's not just a vision board. It is a deep introspective look as to who am I as an individual And who do I want to be down to the, there's a place on there where you write your own eulogy. And I wanted to go to that level of extreme to figure out what my life is going to be about and who I'm going to become. And like I said, it took me about eight hours to, to write this document out. And for me, I found it to be one of the most beneficial, rewarding things I've ever done. I think it shaped my future as an individual. So if I think it'd be valuable for anybody because it's much deeper than just setting goals. I think a lot of people set love it, goals. yeah, with, with nobody. Love it.
0: We'll definitely put that in your show notes and put it in the toolbox for sure. So, um, guys, if you want that document, it'll be there. And John, listen, this has been a blast buddy. We will definitely get together in the near future and break some bread and the best of luck to you in building your super millennial John Newman team boss. Thanks a lot, Pat. Have a great day, bud. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guess are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio, right on Facebook, and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking.